0: I saw something pretty disturbing online. Well, you're online; it could be anything from like cats dying to like I don't know, pooping stuff. I, I don't. I I get scared. Like I look at the Google cursor, and I'm like, this can go anywhere, and you never yeah. know what rabbit holes gonna go into.
1: Yeah, I found this. I have a lot of friends still work in the theme park industry, and they were sharing this, and it's probably one of the most upsetting videos I ever saw. And there was a huge family fight at Disneyland in Toontown. Well, there's a lot of fights in like Disneyland. No, I
0: mean, I feel like divorces happen at Disneyland no, and like, like
1: all sorts of stuff. A
0: physical fight. Oh, like, a, like there was brawling, like hitting. Yeah, and- but
1: really only one big dude hitting two women. What? Yeah, his sister and his girlfriend, they believe. Like that's how, like as I was reading the comments. So but, somehow.
0: So he was like hitting them?
1: Yeah, like full smacking in the face, dragging them to the ground by the hair. So there's these, uh, and it's so sad because the sister has a stroller with two kids in it. <gasps> and then there's another third kid running around who may be his son. I don't know. I don't know the relations of these people. And so the sister and him start getting in the fight and he smacks her in the face. What like started it? Like what? No idea.
0: What would cause you, I don't I don't know what would cause me in public to ever like physically attack someone yeah. unless some guy was trying to take my kids. Then it's different. You yeah. Know? But, yeah like, no, but like a sister.
1: I did get mad at Bobby once at Disney World because he was just if he he has listening. I think he's going deaf like this is no joke. I think he's going deaf. And the only time I did something semi-outrageous at Disney World is he was not paying attention. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it was loud. There was a parade going on. And I just screamed like, do you want ice cream or what? <laughs> but it wasn't in the happiest tone. And people kind of looked, but I was like, I didn't say anything offensive. I didn't swear. There was no profanity. You didn't pull
0: him by his hair and drag yeah, him down.
1: It was hot. I think people got it. And it was a very innocuous statement. Like it wasn't anything crazy. So I feel like, most people probably were like, Oh, they're they're it's a little hot, they're a little under the you know, yeah. they're a little irked. But it wasn't insane. You kind of just like go, Oh, that happened and you walk off, right? Yeah. This started in the video at least with the sister spitting in the guy's face.
0: Why would you like I don't know. There's already so many problems with this. Like you don't yeah. spit in someone's face. You I don't think, even spit on
1: the ground. Like, no. you don't like, spitting is one of the worst things in the world to me. And if you were to spit in my face, I note to self: Don't spit. Well, I wouldn't face. physically do anything, but that would be it with my relationship. I would be like, I don't know why you spit in my face. I don't know why you think that's okay, and I would not talk to you again. I would not re- Jackson, do
0: anything. Jackson was in a spinning phase, and it was very frustrating. But you,
1: fr- you, you get. Oh,
0: and he was. Two, you know, he, yeah, he wasn't two and a half. He was two cognitively. Oh, it was like a year ago. But I'm my glad.
1: kids were when we got them. They would spit in each other's face all the time. Oh, how did you handle that? That was, oh, triggering. that was, I mean, I've never been, I've never had anybody spit in my face, but I just know that that's something so outlandish to me that for you to do that would be so disrespectful. I would just not want to have anything to do with you, but they would spit. In, and I, I have to admit, it's probably because they saw the oh, people yeah. in their lives spitting in each other's face. That's just, uh. And it, it took one of them getting shamed at school because they spit in another kid's face and getting in trouble for it. For, to really, for them to, to realize people don't do this. This isn't what the majority of people do.
0: I wish we could have recorded their inner dialogue of all those like, yeah. oh, people don't spit in each other's faces. No, no. Oh, I just get a meal. I don't have to fight for it. Yeah. Like, this Worldies, is interesting. Yeah. Like, I wait, we have to bathe every night? <laughs> like, it'd be interesting to see their yeah. realizations of all these normal things yeah. that... They didn't know
1: because they weren't introduced to it. Yeah. So in this, she spits in the brother's face and then he smacks her in the face and then the brawl just starts. And it goes from there. Yeah. How long did it last? Okay. It took Disney security four minutes to show up
0: okay so I'm a little upset though because you saw a video of this which means some yeah. bystander was recording this and that bugs me yeah like, that really bugs me because I feel like we live in a society now where it's like well let me just record it and not help well like I, I feel like you in know the,
1: in semi-defense I don't know if the person recording this was a female because if, it, if I was recording this I would not be getting involved but I don't think I would be recording it I don't know if I would get involved I honestly don't know that guy was definitely over six feet tall I would have gotten involved that's I a would little have, intimidating. I would
0: have slyly I don't I haven't seen the video. Nor yeah. do I want to. I can't handle those videos. No, don't those watch videos it. like make me like it affects me the whole day. Yeah. Like I can watch it and then the whole day I'm just off because yeah. I just feel like throwing up and I get really sad that this watch is it where humanity is.
1: If you need to watch it. No, because it. Yeah. I'm gonna
0: have nightmares about yeah. these things. Like I just don't need to watch yeah. it. So I don't know how it was. But like that's one of the things about Krav is that you learn how to attack someone that's bigger than you or not attack, but like defend yourself bigger yeah. than you. So if, I don't think I could sit there and do nothing. I think I would try to figure well, out a
1: way. In, in to- defense of maybe the cameraman or others, other people rushed in pretty rapidly. This guy was just on such a, an adrenaline I wonder rage if he's on tear. drugs. Who knows? But he was on such an adrenaline tear. It didn't matter. One guy eventually did pull him down into a chokehold. And that ended up calming him down. That's what Chris would have done. Chris knows how yeah. to do the
0: arrested arrested development. That's no, a show. No. Yeah. Arrested detainment, whatever it's called. Yeah. He knows how to do that stuff. So he probably would have... See, I don't think he could have stood by no, and, and like watched.
1: Uh, and as I said, in, in the defense of the cameraman and everything else going on, lots of big other dads or men that were there jumped in pretty quickly to try to break it up. But this guy was on a rage. He was raging and they would get them separated and thinking they were kind of calming Done. down the situation. start again. The others would start. So there were seven adults involved and three seven kids. Seven adults? And there was a point where things had started to calm wait, down. Wait, wait, that's the whole group? Or the was it group. like people who were trying to stop it? The something? whole group. At one point, like, the mom falls out. Like she, she tries to get out of the scooter that she's on and, like, falls down when, like, the the girlfriend pushes the mom down on the ground. So everything seems like it's getting calm. And then this woman in a black t-shirt, who I think is also his sister, because there's a woman in a white t-shirt he hit, who's the sister, there's a woman in a tan t-shirt, who's the girlfriend, and the woman in the black shirt, she starts it all up again. And she goes, you know, she just hit our mom, like something like that. And he goes up to the other one, is like, you hit my mom. And then he smacks her in the face and grabs her by the hair and drags her to the ground, starts wailing on her. What? And as I said, people jumped in immediately. This wasn't people standing by and watching, but I have to think that when the adrenaline's that crazy, it can be really hard. Oh yeah, for to, sure. To break, you know, break it up, and they tried to break it up as fast as they could. What is appalling to me is the four minutes it took Disney to show up. There were some cast members around who were just kind of standing in the middle, but it was like the janitorial cast well, members they had probably been trained not to ops. do oh, it. Oh yeah, you're taught to like not engage at all. But I know there's Anaheim PD behind DCA. I know Anaheim PD Okay, but it, is I mean, it, at if,
0: Disneyland. If they're in PCA and they're in Toontown, like that's a trek. They
1: probably but got there. But there, there should be one at Disneyland is what I'm saying. Why um, did it take four minutes for security to come in?
0: Probably also because it didn't, it didn't, no one probably called. This is the other thing I think is Oh, crappy. you can see
1: people on the phone, like, and you can hear people calling 911 as it's going on. And you could see. Well, and a
0: cast member who have like the, you there see has to be a cast on the member phone. who had that done something. I don't know. I, I feel like Forbes is actually is a good response time, which is sad. It's sad, but it's like the same time, like at the same time, I feel like people think someone else is doing it. Like, I feel like everyone's like, oh, someone else called or, you know, like they don't. There's actually a
1: term for this and I can't remember what it is, where this woman died. She was being murdered because all these people who heard her being murdered thought somebody else was going to do something. Like you don't do that. Like you don't do that. I will say in this instance, you could see people on the phone. You could see people trying to break it up. I think it's appalling that it took Disney four minutes to get there.
0: I'm giving Disney some more grace because I feel like who knows. When someone called, I'm like people not giving
1: th- Disney grace at all because I used to work there and I used to you work at Disneyland. You, you and have a different response. I've seen them respond when a teenager, you know, steals a forty dollars shirt, and they swoop on him immediately.
0: But that's also so, an air, well. I don't know. I don't know. I'm giving Disneyland a whole lot of excuses. I'm definitely giving Disney. So I'm like, well, that's not an I area don't, scaling don't and That's they,
1: not I a- I don't think for for as much as the the what is it called? Bobby says the safety theater. I think it's what it's called where they make you check your bags and do all of this stuff to get into the parks. Oh, Chris and Bobby could talk about that for years. I mean, it, it, for all of this show of like, oh, we're keeping you safe, we're keeping you safe for something like this to happen for four minutes. It's a lot. That's not that's not appropriate. And I think Disney needs to be held accountable because there are other children around.
0: That we're would getting be scarred. traumatizing. Yeah. That is Can definitely you traumatizing.
1: I cannot even fathom. Like, this is why it's terrifying to me. What if my kids had been there? and seen this, what they had witnessed before. That would have ruined Disneyland for life for them. There are other kids who now, they're going to have to have their parents explain to them why sometimes men hit women and why things happened. You just look at this whole situation that was a mess and you go, Disney, this is not, you you need to reassess this situation. Maybe you need to have more undercover security in areas. That would be wise. You know, but whatever it is, it was not good enough. It was not fast enough. And the response time was highly lacking.
0: I don't know. I'm still giving them grace. You don't need to
1: give a billion dollar corporation grace. (laughs) But also
0: not going to be perfect. Like they're run by humans. Like there's only a certain amount of fastness that they can do and a certain amount of things they can train for. And, you know, like they still, it's a lot. It's a lot for them to be able to.
1: Drunk people at DCA get picked off super fast. I've, I've, I, I was mean, on a ride with one that was horrible. And by the end of the ride, there was a security person waiting at the end of the ride to pull him off.
0: Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I oh. know. I know from working there. That is true. <laughs> I, just, I, think, I, I, I think about this and I think about what my family would do and I'm happy we do craft. Like I think well, Chris would have been able, like I would have, Chris would have been like call 911. And then I would have been calling 911. I would have told the girls to go get a cast member and tell them to call. But the Patty, thing. like what I'm
1: saying. Even if you had been doing all of that, there were people doing all of that at that time. It was still a four-minute response.
0: I think just because my family is kick-ass and we're like the Incredibles, I think we no, would have done it sooner.
1: I, I think you're not giving grace to all those people around because the moment you look at this video, there's a person as the video starts going hi, yes, we have a fight starting out here in Toontown and you can hear they okay. calling in. People are calling, calling and they're doing it and people are getting involved immediately. This was not, oh, let's all surround this family who's fighting. People were trying. But when you have somebody that that's that angry,
0: yeah, you need to- I would say that yeah. has to have been drugs, but no, I mean, if an angry person's angry and yeah. it's, I mean, you don't need drugs to get that adrenaline yeah. and that rage to go.
1: It can be insane. Yeah. It can be insane. And what I think about is if there are seven people there and they rented a scooter, like they've, they've easily shelled out a thousand dollars for that day. Yeah. And then they're probably going to get banned hopefully for life. Yeah. And then, I mean,
0: so what happens is can Disney Disney ban them for life?
1: Yeah, they can, but they probably, the problem is what I read in the reports is the family. They did not have the video at the time of what happened And the family was uncooperative with what happened. They wouldn't tell what happened. They refused. So they were allowed to be released. And that was it.
0: That's insane.
1: And now that they have video, the police are like, well, we can begin prosecuting this. I hope they do. I hope so, too. that little, I'm not taking
0: the kids. I have enough kids. I'm not. Well, no, but
1: (laughs) it's very sad because those kids probably witnessed this all the time. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking.
0: But then, so hopefully, this is a, a break in the cycle. They get put into foster care, and then they can have a life and be or hopefully from the it. parents.
1: I mean, at least long enough for the parents to take anger management classes or something.
0: This makes me sad.
1: You're listening to the Mother F podcast with Patty
0: Crouch and Heather Dragulescu.
1: All right, we have a very special guest with us this week. A very special one to you. Yes, this person has known me since probably 1995. 10th grade. Yeah, yeah. Well, I
2: was in 10th grade, so you were a freshman.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's known me since high school. I was at her wedding. She knew you before, Bobby? She did know me before, Bobby, because Bobby showed up the year later in the 11th grade. Yeah. So she knew me before, Bobby. That's impressive. And the reason I picked my adoption agency is because of her.
2: Hey. Hey. yeah so she's yes. had
1: a huge wonderful influence on my life my kids adore her i adore her i
2: don't know about the wonderful influence part but yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> i call her all well, the time for advice my kids. <laughs> i was gonna say something mean well her mom didn't do it someone yeah. had to oh
0: <laughs> it's true
1: i know um so i'm excited to have carrie with us today thank you carrie yay i honored to be here this is really okay. cool so So yeah, so Carrie, I've known for a long time. Uh, I went to her wedding when she got married (laughs) a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, I think we got married about a year later after you.
2: Yeah, and then I went to your party. Yeah. And I got a lecture from Ms. D. Did you really? That why didn't I invite her to my wedding? And I was like, girlfriend, I sent it to the school. It's not like I had your personal address. Uh. (laughs) She's like, well, if it was big, I would have been there. I was like, it was big and you weren't there.
1: Yeah, Ms. D. was our counselor. Counselor. counselor, Yeah. And she was psychic. Yes.
2: She held my earring once and told me that the boyfriend I was seeing at the time was not my life partner. And then she was right.
1: I married somebody else. But no. at the time, I was like, <gasps> she held my ring and she said that Bobby and I were going to be together forever. So. No, she yeah. did? Yeah. She's I didn't like, know but that. you're going to have to learn to give him the reins. Oh. oh. I haven't learned.
0: No, no you I didn't. do all the time.
1: What are you talking about? When it no. comes to comedy, I'm like, can you just take care of that for me? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's not giving him the reins. Sure, it <laughs> is. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> he can rain free on all the tech stuff he wants.
0: Oh,
2: let's just have a, a podcast on all the silly, crazy, dumb things we did in high school.
1: Oh my gosh, too many!
2: How soon after you got married did
1: you get pregnant?
2: So we were married October '98, mm-hmm. and then 2000. Maybe I don't even remember. So what you got month. married
0: young too? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So my <laughs> my husband and I had been dating for two months. We were sitting around and was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we got married? And then the nerd that I am, I'm like, let me work this out financially. And I like started writing down what the, our salaries were and how much a wedding dress would be. <laughs> and I was like, we can totally afford it. Let's do it. And that's how we decided to get married. Yeah. And we got married. Hold it- on. Time out. Time out. <laughs> yeah, time out. Okay. Yeah. So you're dating this guy for two months. Damn, we all no thought it was a little crazy. No. It's- everybody thought I was pregnant. That was, yeah. that was the first thing. Yeah. Did you meet him in college? No. No. Okay, so more context. Let me back up a little farther. I had met him in like 10th grade. I had okay. met him. He was my, at the time, best friend's friend. And so, and that was back when like three-way calling was cool, when you'd be like, oh, yeah, hold yeah, on, yeah. let me call my friend and patch him in. So the three of us would be on the phone, like talking and just being silly. Yeah. And I remember hanging up and then talking to my best friend, like, hey, he sounds really cute. I want to meet him. Right. Cause you're like 16 and stupid. Yeah. Right. Um, and she's like, Oh, he's not your type. I'm like, <laughs> she liked him. No, she's like, He's not your type. He's fat. I was like, Oh, okay. All right. And then, like, a week later, I went to summer camp and then I met my, like, my high school sweetheart who I'd been with all that time. And then um, after I graduated, we kind of fell back into each other's lives through my best friend okay. and we were like inseparable we were always hanging out like a whole little our squad
1: yeah okay. we would go
2: we were broke we had no money so we'd like go you oh, part of the squad no no, no. I
1: because, was already in San Francisco by this point I think with Bob. yeah
2: and because it was a magnet school we were all over LA
1: yeah so, so like, I lived in the valley she lived in Huntington Park I live in
2: Huntington Park so yeah. it's like south of downtown okay um, so our little squad would like go play poker in the park at like 11 o'clock at night and drink like the fake alcohol you could buy at the 99 cent store. They look like <laughs> Capri Suns, but they were like slightly alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> and we that's like we were totally broke. Like a hot date was $3 theater and Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. And so we were like essentially like best friends. And then yeah. we just kind of, I my boyfriend and I at the time kind of drifted apart. We mm-hmm. broke up and here came my... Current hubby. And so we had known each other for a while. But yeah, after two months, we're like, let's do it. Let's just do it. It'd be so cool. Oh my yes. God, let's just do it. And how old were you? Uh, I was 18. Yeah. And I had just, and I felt really bad because I had just told my previous boyfriend, I'm not ready for a serious relationship right now.
0: <laughs> and then I got ready married. A serious relationship. I'm going to get married.
1: Yeah. I'm going to get married because that's like not serious at all. We thought it was all a little crazy. But e- even back in high school, Carrie was known for being pretty level-headed. Really, I'm oh, so. I think so. 18
0: years old, saying, "Well, you're, you're saying yes that. because you want to, and because you're in love. No. You're saying yes because financially, no, it I makes mean, we, sense. <laughs> we were in love too. I loved him. Yeah. I loved him, but it was like,
2: can we afford a wedding? We're like dirt broke. Yeah, so we did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was. So we decided to get married. It wasn't like this big proposal. It was just like, hey, wouldn't it be cool? So we told his parents first. We like walked in the living room. We're like, hey, we're getting married." And my mother in law was like, "Oh my God, you're gonna be rich!" And I'm like, "No, I'm not that kind of white. I'm like the poor kind of white, <laughs> like the like the 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 not rich kind of white people." So my husband's Puerto Rican and Guatemalan. Okay. So my mother in law thought, "Oh, white girl, rich? No, no. <laughs> there's like shades of white, right? Like the, there's like the rich people who I don't know, and then there's like the trailer truck, trailer park. Like we're like a couple steps above that, like <laughs> right. between the redneck part and the oh god this sounds terrible
1: this sounds so between the rednecks and the blue bloods there's bad. like the purple everybody oh
2: this sounds terrible anyways so yeah don't find me and send me hateful messages um and then i went home and was like hey we're getting married and my parents are like we need to have a family meeting and i'm like oh, okay so i let my dad and my brothers and my mom talk for like two minutes how and many then do you have i have three okay and so i popped my head in yeah so what do you think yeah okay good that's great thanks bye so then we took a three, Wait, they, have, they had a family without you? Well, to, yeah, to talk about like <laughs> what they all thought before they could talk to me about it. Okay. So that it wasn't like a debate because I'm considerably younger than my brothers. My brothers are 12, 13 and 14 years older than me. Okay. And one of them is adopted. So they're like, like wise and I'm like the dumb teenager. Now, if, if my 18-year-old were to come to me now and be like, hey, I'm getting married, I'd be like, are you on crack? Like, what's <laughs> wrong with
1: you? But your 18-year-old was not like you at 18. No, it was very different. And I know you laugh at that. But in high school, you just had an air of, for being a teenager, like, we didn't deal with, like, the petty stuff. No, you are so probably always an old
0: lady? Like, oh. always, like, mature and, like... Old. Yeah, because yeah, my yeah. mom
2: was 37 when I was born and my dad was 47. So everybody always thought my dad was my grandpa. And so it your, was like all your
1: all your siblings are older. older. Yeah. yeah. So it was so, like an old people okay. house, and yeah. then I
2: was just kind
1: of there by chance. I just remember when I heard it, I was like, "Really? It's not the high school? It's a new guy?" Yeah, I was a new guy. I was like, "It's Carrie, so she must have a good reason." Yeah, most people
2: thought I was pregnant. So <laughs> <laughs> a year to date, we started. So we officially became an item October 11th. We got married October 10th.
1: October 11th, 1997. Seven, and it's then so we dangerous. got
2: married like October 10th. Later. 19, so a year, later. So okay. a year late, exactly a year later. And the only reason we did the 10th, teenage brain, was the 11th was a Sunday. And I'm like, if we have a wedding, if we get married on Sunday, then the people who are gonna drink, not us because we're not legal, but the people who will drink may not be able to go to work the next day. So let's get <laughs> married on Saturday instead. <laughs> so we took a $3,000 loan and we had a big ceremony. And then a tiny um, reception, because we had no money. We had $4,000 yeah. was our total budget, yeah. including our little loan. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I felt so bad because my husband's like the black sheep of his family. So my side of the church was completely full. And there was like three people on my husband's side. And one of those three people was my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law, who was like, I feel bad. His side's empty. And so she went and sat on his side. Yeah, yeah, and I think towards the end, like if you watch the video, there are more people on his side towards the end. Gotcha. But at the beginning- I
0: can't see. let's go to the empty spot. Yeah, <laughs> and
2: I had never met his, so he has like a billion brothers. He's like- 12 siblings or something. Oh my gosh. And only two of them came to the ceremony, and I'd never met them because he's the black sheep. They're like very distant from each other. And I remember his oldest brother walking in just before I walked down the aisle. And I remember turning to my dad, like, Who's that thug at my wedding? (laughs) Yeah, that's my brother in law, but he's not a thug. (laughs) Which is funny because my husband looks very much like him now. Bald, beard, tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a glimpse into the future. So, okay, back to the question. We went off on a tangent. Oh yeah, 2 months yeah.
0: getting married.
2: Yeah. Throw to so, the tangent. Um probably like March or April of 2000. I thought I had food poisoning. And I was like I was working in retail and I was so sick at the register. And I remember it was like a big deal cuz I had just traded shifts with someone. And I was like virtually vomiting at the cash register. And they're like, you have to go home. I'm like, if I go home, we're both going to get written up because we traded schedules. Mm. And I'm essentially abandoning somebody else's schedule. Yeah. And my manager was like, dude, you're like throwing up on the register. You have to go home. And I did get written up too. Oh, no. Even though I refused (laughs) to go and my manager, we both got written up anyways. And I remember sitting in the- Oh, my um, goodness. So we went to a free clinic because we had no money. Yeah. and I remember sitting there thinking like, dude, no, I, this is food poisoning. Everybody's being so melodramatic. Yeah. This is food poisoning. And at the sa- same time, it was like Sally, Jesse, Raphael or- um,
1: <laughs> With the grid glasses.
2: What was the other one? Ginny- Jenny Jones. Ginny Jones. One of them was playing and it was like, my child's deformed, but I love him anyway or something, <laughs> some weird thing like that. And my husband and I were just watching that and then looking at each other. And I'm like, dude, it's totally food poisoning. And I went in and I took the the little dip test and they're like, so you're pregnant. And I was like, no, I have food poisoning. And they're like, girl, you're pregnant. I was like, no, it's food poisoning. And she like pulled out the test and was like, Do you want to keep it? Because you're pregnant. And so Did you keep it? The the pregnancy
1: test? I
2: did. I did. I kept it. Put it in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. She's (laughs) very sentimental.
1: I
0: might have it. She's very you're like me. I have all of our infertility. Like syringes, still
2: <laughs> that I don't have. I'm sentimental is a nice way yeah. of saying that I'm a, a hoarder. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I'm sentimental. I'll I'm like
2: going to say one. that now instead of I'm a hoarder. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sentimental. <laughs> I'm sentimental. I find the value in everything, even it a 20 year old. It sparks 20-year-old. joy. Y- yes, it sparks joy. It totally sparks joy. Although I don't know where it's at, but yeah. Um, and so uh, we were working. Well, I was working. We were going to school. I actually had two jobs at one that point. Um. And I remember going for the glucose test where you have to drink that nasty orange stuff.
1: I don't know. i never heard of it. Oh. No, she's, she's been infertile and I've never tried to get pregnant.
2: Okay. So there's this test. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. That oh, was insensitive. No, 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 no. That was insensitive. So bad. So no there's worries. a glucose test. You have to take it like six months. It's like this, jar, this like, little can of like an orangey soda thing. It's the worst, grossest thing ever. And it's supposed to either spike your blood or do something to your blood. And then they draw your blood to see if you have gestational diabetes.
0: So they give you a whole lot of sugar to see if you have yes. diabetes. It's yeah. yes. very counterproductive, but yes. science is interesting.
2: So I drink this nasty thing and I go in, they draw my blood and they're like, okay, let's see how baby's doing. Let's check his heartbeat. And we're laying there and there's no heartbeat. And I knew immediately. I was like, babe, babe, something's wrong. And I'm like, what's going on? Why is there no heartbeat? And the doctor's like, oh, he's just, you know, he's like in a in a bad position. I'm like, mm, there should be a heartbeat there. And it was kind of frustrating to me because maybe the the visit previous to that, I had told him, the doctor, like, I don't feel the baby moving. I think he should be moving now. Doesn't Don't they start moving at like five months? Like, I should mm. feel something. And I just feel empty. And he's like, well, clearly you're not empty. You're pregnant. And I'm like, I don't have another word to explain it, but I don't feel how pregnant women talk about being pregnant you know i yeah yeah So how some, far along were
0: you at, at when you six months. months six months
2: okay. i was six months and so um no heartbeat they he had passed they didn't know at the time they couldn't figure out what was going on and they're like you need to deliver and i'm like i want to go home and they're like you can't do that because you know you can like develop sepsis and you can die and all this other stuff mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, I have to call in sick to work. And they're like, well, can't somebody else handle that? I'm like, dude, you don't know my job. Like, you ha- I have to call in. <laughs> I'm going to get written
0: up for this. I'm yeah. going to
2: get written I already have one. So let me just Because I was puking for this child. <laughs> no. Yeah. So um, I called in and I told him I'm not going to be in. Uh, I had a miscarriage. I might be in tomorrow. Oh and my the God. doctor looked at me like, dude, what is your problem? And I was like, I'm not this before. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And my store manager was like, no, you're, we're going to give you some time off call me in a couple of days and I was like oh, okay um and so we went straight to the hospital they induced labor and I delivered he was breech mm. yeah I delivered because I thought I had to go back I was like I have to be. and the nurse was like well you can't walk and I was like what damage can I do <laughs> right like he's he's already not there and sure enough I delivered like in the toilet and had like waddle back to the bed and climb oh back God. in and stuff
0: Oh my goodness. And my
2: mom was there. And so I remember my mom peeked, and she was like, oh, I know what it is. And I'm like, it's a baby. She's like, no, it was the umbilical cord. And I was like, oh. Oh. Yeah. And so then um, the nurses were not nice.
0: So Mm. wait, time out. So the umbilical cord wrapped around? His throat,
2: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, the nurses were like not nice at all during that whole thing. They were like really mean to me. Oh. Like here's this like 20-year-old kid miscarriage um, there was one nurse I remember she kept calling me mama she'd be like it's okay mama it's okay we got you but all the other nurses were like mean to me and I'd be mm. like I need to push and she'd be like no you can't push uh, the, the other one they would be like the doctor's not here and I'm like women in Africa have babies all the time and they don't have they don't have doctors out like in the middle of the savannah <laughs> I don't think I, anything like what can I possibly do at this point point? and I remember one of the nurses saying well we don't know if the baby's still intact his head could come off and oh I was like, God. oh, thanks. Thanks for that. Oh, my goodness. Like, I don't know if it happens that way. I mean, I'm 20 yeah. and I'm not a doctor, but no, no, it sounds kind of weird. But um, so, yeah, the doctor showed up like an hour later and they cleaned him up and they took a picture and they asked me, do you want to hold him? And at the f- for like a second, I was like, no. And the nurse was like, well, you're going to, anyways. <laughs> and she made me. I'm so glad she made yeah. me. She, she really knows
0: more about yeah. this. Yeah. And so
2: she like up. put him up on my left shoulder and I kind of cuddled him. And I got a little picture of him, and she did his. This was the one who kept calling me mama, mama, Mm -hmm. mama, even though clearly, yeah, yeah, clearly I wasn't a mom anymore. Well, to me, in my brain, yeah. And um, I got his little footprints, little handprints, and and I went home with nothing. Okay. I still have the little, the gown. I know it sounds so stupid now. Sentimental. It's not stupid. So he would be, he. So if he had lived to like full birth he would have been born in april 2001 so he would have been like 18 this year i still have my gown that i went home in i have his baby blanket his picture um my nephew child yeah Yeah. my nephew bought him like little baby shoes his first pair of shoes i still have those nobody looks at him i mean my husband and i they're like in a bag put away but i still have them yeah but yeah and they wouldn't give me a birth certificate because they said that because of his size He wasn't, he wouldn't count as 22 weeks, which is, I guess, at the time, Mm -hmm. was the legal limit or the legal time to say Mm -hmm. he was a baby. Like, at that point, he was still just a fetus. And in that moment, I was like, who are you to tell me what I had, right? But then, 20-year-old, do you think you know everything? Looking back now, I'm so thankful that I didn't get a birth certificate for him or have, like, a traditional because they wouldn't give me back his body, nothing. Really? They wouldn't give me any of that stuff. Um, and I'm like, so what do you do with him? You just like throw him in a pile of biohazard? Like what yeah. happens? And she was like, well, we, we surrender all the babies like that and they get cremated together. And I was like, okay. But at that same time, probably a couple months after, a coworker had lost her baby, mm-hmm. but he was actually like born. Mm-hmm. So she had lost him like right after birth. Yeah. And I remember every weekend she would spend at the, ceremony, at the cemetery, uh-huh. every weekend, like sitting at his grave site. So knowing me, who I am, that would have been me. And I would never have moved on. I would never have become a teacher. I would never have quit retail. I would never have, and my parents got sick like really shortly after that. So while I know not everybody believes in God and a path and all that stuff, I, I definitely do. And while at the time I was very angry and I didn't understand. For me personally, I'm not saying everybody has the same kind of miscarriage experience. But yeah. for me, I saw the purpose in it. Because if, if Aaron had lived, I wouldn't have the five boys I have now. It probably would have just been him or yeah. another accident of some kind or something. Yeah. Yeah, trajectory
0: would have changed.
2: It would have changed significantly. And um, I remember in, I was still in college. So I had to take a speech class. And we had to write a a speech on somebody influential that impacted your life. And so I wrote two speeches. I won- wrote one on Jim Morrison, mm-hmm. which is not influential on me <laughs> at all. But my husband and I were obsessed with the Doors at the time. And the other speech I wrote about my son, Aaron. And it was like, even though he wasn't born after six months, he was the most influential because I started to look inward to be like, am I the kind of person right now that I want to be when I have kids? Like, am I someone that my kids can look on with pride and feel like yeah. like I have honor? Am I someone who has honor right now? And so I think that through that miscarriage, I really learned a lot about myself. Um, not that I would want to do it again. Like, no. psh, nobody no, would want no, to do it again. No one would want that. But it is definitely one of the first steps on my journey to adoption, so... So that's how fast I got pregnant, like a year and a half. Yeah, and then Carrie, like, and I thought I had food poisoning. <laughs> I ins- I insisted. I told the nurse like she was crazy. Like I no always
0: woman. like my friend Kendra and I have a fight all the time. Not all the time. We don't talk about it all the time. But about how I feel like I've been blessed that God's never made me pregnant because I couldn't imagine mm-hmm. having that. The loss. The loss. Like that's yeah. a hard loss. Like that's oh yeah no a the loss of a child that <clears throat> you're growing. That's intimately what your body was created to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm what you're you had this dream this physical child yeah. growing inside you that's taken away yeah i like, felt that's like a, a failure huge loss
2: i felt like a failure like i didn't give him the right home mm. and it affected my husband more for profoundly than me uh, Really? yeah my yeah. husband took a deep dive into huh funny we were talking about meth earlier yeah. he took a deep dive into meth for about seven years Ooh,
0: that's not, that's a yeah. deep dive.
2: Like yeah. a deep dive. I mean, the Like story we were of, broke. I don't even know where he had money to do. <laughs> he's like, I had a $200 a day habit. I'm, Dude, where'd you get $200 from? Like I didn't, I didn't even have a dollar for lunch. <laughs> 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 like I ate yeah. Cheetos and sour cream the, at work for lunch every day. Where were you getting money from? I mean, that's like forever ago, but yeah.
1: The story of Carrie and her husband and your husband's kind of redemption into who he is now. I mean, he's a great dad. Oh, he is a great dad. He's an amazing dad. But you think we didn't know, like really, uh, about the meth habit? It was no. the sobriety. Because I, I remember seeing you when you were pregnant, and then we saw you after this miscarriage because he had the Aaron tattoo on his arm. Yeah, and he was talking about it, and then it was years until yeah. we went to start the adoption process that we really that saw we each caught other back again. up again. And I did not know anything in that.
2: Oh, time. we were so. My way of dealing with loss, for me, was a deep dive into work.
0: So I just, my thing was, I'm
2: just going to be busy. yeah. And so I was going to school, like not even full-time. So full-time is like 12 units. At one point I was taking like, and one semester I had 24 units. Mm. Cause I was like, I don't want to be home. I don't want to deal with the craziness that's at home. And then my dad was, my dad had one of many, many, many strokes. My mom developed brain cancer in that time. Um my father-in-law de- um developed dementia and my mother-in-law has um paranoid schizophrenia. Oh, so there was like a lot going on so it's yeah. not like we really had time to- well for me. Uh, if I kept myself busy, I didn't have time to think of the loss.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So it was just like Oh, yeah, I was pregnant, but now I'm not. Okay, let's go back. Let me go back. I did go back to work, like, two weeks later. feel
0: like that was your 20-year-old self that was doing that? Like, 20-year-olds, like, who don't know how to process emotions? Like, I feel like my kids know more about processing their emotions than I ever did because I didn't have a life. I didn't have to be resilient. I You know, I had food. I had shelter. I wasn't being abused. Like, I had all this stuff. So I didn't learn how to process emotions until I hit real things when I was older.
2: Well... Okay, when I say we're broke, I mean we were broke like for us, but we, I've always been blessed. We've lived with my mom I, like forever. Yeah. So it's not like we were starving. Yeah. My mom, so was per- it for your 20 year old self not
0: processing through it?
2: Um, well, when my dad died after, shortly after that, I did the same thing. I went, I went, I went right back to work again. Yeah. Oh, that's what I am. That's, that's just who I am. I've always been like busy, 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 busy. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So. That's very true. I remember that too.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we have all that going on. And then I finally started teaching and our... Oh, you didn't even ask a question, but I'll just I'll keep going. going. Um, my benefits through work were about to change. And so that was 2000, maybe the end of 2009-ish. No, maybe 2010. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. So infertility treatments were covered until January 1st of the following year. It oh, was going to go yeah. to 50% coverage. And so... Um, I'm like, it's now or never. Let's just, yeah. let's go. I think it was 2010. Cause I, I remember telling my husband like, dude, we've been trying for 10 years. It's not happening. Um, I don't
0: know how you did that. Did you like actively try? You're just like, like nah, we're not doing anything. Let's see what happens.
2: Yeah. Like that. But then right before infertility, I, we made a concerted effort. Like, let's try. Okay. Like I'm going to check my basal temperature mm-hmm. and I'm going to monitor my... Period. Like all that stuff. Yeah. Even though I still don't, I don't even think I knew what I was doing at the time. (laughs) I always think I know more than I do. And then looking back 10 years later, I'm like, God, I didn't know anything. Why did anybody, why did they listen to me? I don't know what I was talking about. So we did make a concerted effort to try. And then, um, so the benefits were about to change. So I was like, it's now or never, because we're not gonna be able to afford it after this. And so we went to Kaiser and we did um, infertility. I did the pills. We did clomid and then my husband did the little shot thing and he was like oh my god what if i blow an air bubble you're gonna (laughs) die and i was like dude there's so much fat in that thigh i don't think that's gonna happen it's just gonna get absorbed absorbed by everything else around it i think we're good (laughs) but like he still brags like yeah i gave my wife a shot shot her once and my (laughs) kids are like oh my god i'm like not that kind of shot don't don't listen he's no um and uh, so we were, so in that time too, you know, they do like all the tests, like they check your hormones, yeah. they check your this, they check your that. And I went to see somebody, my doctor, my OBGYN, I don't remember who it was. We were sitting down and he was like, So we pulled your hormones and you have elevated prolactin. Do you know what that means? And I'm like, Oh yeah. When I had my son in 2000, I continued to lactate for three years, even though I wasn't breastfeeding. Oh And he was like, why weren't you breastfeeding? I'm like, because my son died. And he was like, and you lactated? I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. he's like, were you pumping? I'm like, I would take a shower, get out, and just leak for like three years. I'm like, it finally just kind of stopped on its own. And he was like, oh, then that would make sense that you have this elevated prolactin level. Um, That could be- Okay, time out.
0: (laughs) He didn't at once think like, huh- Two and a half years later, I should probably get this checked out. I did get it checked out. So okay. I
2: went to a free clinic <laughs> and I told the doctor like, hey, this is happening. And the doctor, that doctor told me two things. She's like, you're really stressed out. It could be stress or it could be a tumor in your pituitary gland. Mm. And she's like, but considering your age and then secretly in the back of her head, considering you have no insurance,
1: yeah,
2: um, I think it's just stress. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. You're my doctor.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Do.
1: okay.
2: Yeah. My free my doctor at the free clinic I've never seen before. I'm totally <laughs> going to believe you because... because, And so uh, my new doctor, like fast, fast forward yeah. back to 2000, whatever. Um, he's like, so you have an elevated prolactin level. Okay. That could be why it is. We don't know. And I'm like, well, what could cause prolactin level increase? He's like, it could be stress or it could be a teeny tiny tumor in your pituitary gland. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, so what's next? He's like... Well, I'm going to order MRI, see what's going on. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he does that. We come back. Go oh, look, you have a teeny tiny tumor in your pituitary gland. I'm like, okay, let's get that treated. And he's like, well, if we treat that, then you can't do infertility because the medication for the tumor causes birth defects. Okay. And so for him, it was like, we can do it, but it's going to delay your infertility. And then I was like, or m- infertility treatments. So I'm like, but... January 1st, my infertility treatment coverage changes mm-hmm. and I won't be able to afford it anymore. And he's like, so what do you want to do? I'm like, let's just do infertility. I, that, I mean, this is the only option I have. Like I have yeah. six months left of coverage for this. I've had that little tumor apparently forever. It's not doing anything to me. I'm just, you know, keep going. I'm not us yeah. just keep okay. going. Yeah, let's go. And so we did um, the pills, the... Really invasive little ultrasound sonogram oh, yes. thing. The dick one. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. Um, we did the shots. We did artificial insemination. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is TMI for your, your listeners, but I remember during one session of artificial insemination, the nurse was like, ooh, that was easy. And I was like, I like to think that I'm not easy, but you know, <laughs> I've only been with my husband forever. And she was like, "No, I just met your cervix."
0: I was like, "Oh, oh, okay. I think that's a compliment. I'm not sure." At least but. he had a girl, this old lady, and I was like, "I'm actually getting impregnated by an old man. This is very disturbing at the present moment."
2: Yeah, it was kind of yeah. So that didn't work. And our how many did
0: you do? Uh,
2: I think I did three, three or four. I don't. I can't remember at this point anymore. Okay. Um, and so I was going to school at the time. And I started my master's program. So it must've been like 2009. Cause I think I finished 2000, I don't remember. But I remember being devastated. So I was, I had just gotten out of class. I went to the bathroom, my period started and I was like, it didn't work again, I suck. Yeah. And so again, I know not everybody believes in God and his path and all that. But I remember walking from my car or to my car from class, just praying, you know, it's not working. God, I'm trying my way and it's not working. Tell me what you want me to do. Oh, and while you're at it, make sure you, I put my parking pass in my windshield because I can't remember if I did that. <laughs> and so I just remember like almost a mantra, like, yeah. tell me what you want me to do. Please don't let me have a ticket. Tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> Please don't have a ticket because I can't afford it. And just all the way to the car. Yeah. And it's like if you've ever been to Cal State Long Beach, like it's a pretty far walk from yeah. like the top of the hill to the parking structure. And I remember I got in the car and I turned it on. And you get a <clears> ticket? i did not get a ticket sweet i turned it on and on the radio was a commercial for an adoption conference oh. that was like 15 minutes from my house and it was like that weekend so previous to this like a couple weeks before that my husband had just had surgery so more context my husband was both of us were morbidly obese at one point during this whole journey Because, you know, I'm an emotional eater and Mm -hmm. food tastes good. So I eat for like every emotion, right? Yeah. If I'm sad, if I'm depressed. If if I'm bored. If I'm bored. If I'm happy. If it's like a good thing. Like any kind of emotion. If I'm awake and I'm having any kind of emotion, I'm like, ooh, let's eat. Right? So we're both morbidly obese and we start hitting the gym. So he loses over 100 pounds. So they give him a paniculectomy. They gave him a tummy tuck. Mm -hmm, It was mm -hmm. covered. So he's got like 50 staples across his stomach, two pumps. And I'm like, babe, there's an adoption conference this weekend. We have to go. <laughs> and he's like, do they have comfy chairs? <laughs> and I'm like, it's a church we've been to. I think they do. He's like, okay, let's go. So he goes like staples, pumps. Oh my God. Everything. <laughs> what a sight. Oh Yes. My God. <laughs> it was so crazy. And then there were like booths set up at the back and I got information from three different agencies and then So going into it, I was like, I'm only going to adopt because this is an adoption conference. Mm -hmm. I'm only open to adopting. Infertility hasn't worked. The last time I was successfully pregnant was when I was 20 and fertile, you know, yeah. Clearly, you only get pregnant when you're like 14 sure. and on crack. Or no, that was wrong. wrong. Don't back leave that
1: car. in. Don't leave that in. I, I already know my kids' <laughs> sto- parents' stories. So.
0: Chris I'm and I tried say, in the back of his seat yeah. because
2: we're like, maybe it'll work. Yeah, yeah my friend had uh, a coworker had like nine kids, and she kept giving me advice. She's like, okay, so you have to get really drunk and then do it. And I was like, why would that work? And she's like, I have nine kids. So I tried that. I fell asleep. It didn't work. It didn't work. I got in bed and it was like, okay, come back, okay? And I, I was out. <laughs> that was when I was drinking because my yeah. dad had just died. So I don't drink anymore. Not often, like every now and then. I'm going to sound bad. You're, You're going to get afraid. like emails like, dude, that no. girl is terrible. Don't no. bring her back. Um, well, if we got emails either way, that'd be great. So... <laughs> So uh, I was like, yeah, no, we're only gonna do adoption. That's it. No, just adoption, just a job center. We're so we're not open you, to anything else. No, no, no. no so no. you
0: are, did you know anything about fostering or anything no, like
2: that? No. But you said your brother was adopted. Not like legally or officially. Uh. Ah. So my like, brothers in high school had a best friend who um and this is the version I've heard over years. So I don't know how accurate it is, but he lived in a difficult home situation. And he stood up to his mom once about something. I don't know the particulars. Mm -hmm. Each time I've heard the story, it's something different. So she kicked him out. He had nowhere to go. My brothers brought him home. And I was like three or four at the time. And then he Mm -hmm. lived with us until he got married and moved out. So in my head, it was, this is my brother. Yeah. He lives in my house with my brothers. He's my brother. Yeah. And um,
0: That's how it is in my on Chris's side of the family, too.
2: Yeah. And so he... The only dad he's ever known is my dad. Mm. So, like, he called him Pop. And he's, like, in my parents' will. Mm. So, as far as I'm concerned, he's my brother. Yeah, yeah. But, like, legally and stuff like that, nothing. But... um, So, we got three agencies. And we went with the first one that I signed up with. No, they were the first one to call. Mm. So, they called me first. Yeah. And they were, like, far away. It was, like, an hour drive each time. Mm. And... I should have known the minute we got there that we did not belong because they were like all what do you call them like white collar when they have like just hoity-toity hoity-toity, yeah. hoity toity toity, yeah. all white, right? So remember I told you my husband's Puerto Rican and Guatemalan. Yeah. The community I lived in my have lived in my entire life is not white at all. Yeah. It's primarily like ninety percent Mexican.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My so, kids real fit like fit really well when we go visit you. Yeah, I know, it's
2: perfect. <laughs> And so, and they're like rich, like they're yeah. wearing, like one girl had those red bottom shoes, Louboutins. Louboutins. She like had those and I'm like, girl, what the hell are you doing here with some $500? Is she making at that agency? In my head, I'm like, girl, someone's got to steal those shoes. What are you doing? <laughs> right. Um, and then on the application there, it has like all these questions, right? You know, like all these yeah. really personal questions and it said, um, drug use. And I put a post-it would like to discuss. And so we keep going through the, all mm-hmm. the training and they're teaching me about quote unquote crack babies, which yeah. I already didn't like. I told my husband like, I am a teacher. That is not how we talk about kids. We do not put their disability first. We use people first language. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, what would you prefer they call them? I'm like, I don't know. Babies previously exposed to drugs, you know, but crack yeah. babies, that's just like, ugh. Yeah. I don't know if I want to work with someone who calls babies that. I'm like, but whatever. They called us first and they took us. And then one day they call us. So they do the little interview part and I guess they finally got to the post-it that said, yeah. we'll discuss. And we we're sitting at a round table and this older white lady, very prim and proper, was like, well, so um, we're not gonna be able to help you.
1: Whoa. And I was like,
2: I'm sorry, what? We've been coming here like months. Yeah. And you can't help me? And she's like, yeah, I don't think anybody in LA County will help you actually. Ugh. We don't typically give children from troubled homes we don't usually place them in troubled homes. I'm like, my house, my house is, my home's not troubled. Like, we're good. Like, yeah. we've been married a long time at this point. He had already been sober for a while.
0: Yeah. How uh, many years? Uh, Like three, four?
2: Three or four, maybe. Okay. Maybe three or four. And I was like, now we're good. My husband was like, I'll take a drug test right now if you want. I'm like, we're good. And she was like, nope. And I bet you nobody in LA County is going to want you. And we were devastated. I remember we drove that hour home. Not even, yeah. it was like two hours because it was rush rush hour at that point. Yeah. Just in dead silence. Oh, that sucks. And my husband just probably like an hour in, he was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, Why? He's like, This is all my fault. I'm like, no, this is their fault. They're the ones who think babies are crack babies. <laughs> They're the ones who think that because you have done drugs at some point in your life, you must be a bad person. Like, this is their fault. We're going to be awesome. I don't care what they said. They just gave me a challenge. Challenge accepted, bitch. I'm going to do this. (laughs) (laughs) And so when we got home, I started calling everybody. And the first question I said was, my husband's a former drug addict. Can you help?
1: The Mother Effin Podcast is hosted and produced by Patty Crouch and Heather
2: Dragulescu. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor,
0: or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to visit us online at MotherFNPodcast.com.